episodes of Down to a Fine Art. I always feel like I introduce the episodes weirdly when we have a guest. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, I think it's something about actually being able to see somebody who's listening to you rather than just having them <laughs> there in the ether. But um, yes, hello, welcome back. We're on episode 62. We're getting on in our podcast years now. Um, we've got a very exciting guest episode today. We've not had one for a couple of episodes now, so it's always nice to have a a fresh, a fresh face, some fresh ideas. And it's somebody I've personally not met before, so I'm very excited to be interviewing and learning more about your practice. Um, so we've got Gabrielle here with us today. As we normally do with guests, did you want to just say a little bit about who you are and maybe kind of... I was going to say how you know us, but that makes it seem very self-centred. So just who you are. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I am an artist. Uh, I'm mostly a painter, although I do really enjoy drawing. Uh, I've been doing life drawing for years and years and years and years, ever since ever. But that's that's more of a kind of just to keep myself in interested and keep my skills up. But my actual art practice at the moment is... Um, series of works exploring kind of man-made structures that I find in nature yeah yeah I was having a little look at your um, website yesterday and I've seen some of your works as well obviously like over the past um, few months on Instagram um, and you've just had a solo show open as well is that mm, right yeah literally we'll plug that as well op- while we're here yeah <laughs> the opening was on Saturday um oh, yeah thank you it was awesome had a few oh. you know, quite a few people turned up which is really nice and it was a lovely day yeah and that's going to be showing for three weeks which is really great it's um showing at varian yeah. galleries on the roseland nice yeah so yeah i think i as we normally do with our guests like if anyone wants to check out your work while we're talking about it your instagram is gabrielle tierney so gabrielle and then t-e-a-n-e-y Lovely. We'll link that. But for those who don't have immediate access to Instagram, I would say I kind of the way I describe your work is like the paintings, they're quite vibrant Mm. and they're very like geometric. They're sort of I think they are representational, but they're definitely somewhere between representational and abstract. They're sort of like a wonderful like layering of, like you said, natural and found natural and uh, man-made things. So like often I notice there's a difference between your Cornish works and then the sort of previous body that was in. Canada, I think. Yes. Is it Canada? Yes. Yes. So yeah, the Canadian ones were kind of like barns and farming landscapes. And yeah, the way you layer things is really interesting. It's a, it's it looks like on a very instinctive level, it was just really satisfying to paint, first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> like when I see it, I'm like, oh yes, I want to make something like that. It looks really because yeah. I guess you mentioned that just now. You said you sort of make things partly to kind of like keep yourself like grounded and partly for your own sort of mental health, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I say to people often, because I, I remember when I didn't paint or draw, I, I actually, my history's in, in photography, my education's in photography. And, but I was always frustrated because I wasn't painting and drawing and I would always go to like the life drawing class at uni, even though I was doing photography. And, and then when I did start eventually really painting and drawing regularly that frustration just went away it was like oh. it's like totally like when I'm painting and drawing regularly I just feel good and I feel calm and I feel well and like I'm I'm, I'm doing what I'm you know I just feel right <laughs> that's a nice way of describing it like just feeling right mm. like that's 
that's lovely. Yeah, I, that's that's how I want to be with my practice. I feel like I'm in a yeah. It's hard to get into that rhythm where you, or at least I find at the moment, I'm not regularly making things, and it really I don't realise that that's something that's frustrating me until I go and do it, and then I'm like, oh, that was really lovely. Mm-hmm. I should do that more often. Mm. Um, so yeah, how do you manage to? do it so regularly it's like a habit that you're into kind of like as part of your like daily routine or something no not really it's more it's more that I just started really pushing and carving out time for it and and it would start you know by simple things like doing an evening course so that it was like a regular thing that I would go to um and that was helpful because then like I did a portrait course once a week in the evening and that just meant that once a week I was really focused and then that just became like more more and more you know mm-hmm. like I would I, I then had a studio in my in my house you know in the spare room and then I would have like give myself a day a week and then that became just more and more and and the last well yeah it's a bit it's been a bit complicated since Covid there's been lots of like lots of different factors that have meant that I've basically totally focused on my art which wasn't intentional or it was but not in this context complicated (laughs) (laughs) but but, um but it meant that suddenly I was in the studio every day so five days a week yeah and it was amazing like absolutely amazing not financially viable right yes that's so i've had <laughs> so i've had to find kind of like alternatives to that and i'll probably drop to three days a week probably to okay. make to kind of balance it but now i can't imagine going down less than that because it's mm. just so it's just become such a big part of my life now and i and i and i can just see it becoming more and more so yeah, mm. I just got to find a good balance um, financially as well because that's always the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is always the challenge. Yeah. yeah, I already have so many questions. Good. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> me too. How? Tell me how. <laughs> um, but I guess one thing that I was interested in was obviously you mentioned that your background is actually in photography. So, like, what, what was your like, what was your schooling like? What was what's been your journey to fine art um, or painting? Um, like, where did you start? What did you study? Like. How did you get that kind of thing? Yeah, it's, um, it's very unconventional. So I, I loved art at school and I loved the fact that you could learn like techniques. I remember my um, art teacher teaching me how to like blend watercolours. So you had like a dark bit and a light bit and I just blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> I need to learn how to like actually do cool things. So I absolutely loved it. And then, but then when I went and did my A-levels, I just found it really boring. I think the first thing we did was a still life. And I was already, like, technically quite good because I just sketched all the time. Mm. And I just found it not very challenging. So I think I got bored and photography was just so exciting Mm -hmm. and and kind of cool. (laughs) I see. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And and the teacher was cool, and the, all the other students were cool, and I just I just I literally dropped art because I was doing four levels. I dropped art within the first term, oh. thinking that I would always do art, and therefore it wasn't an issue. Mm. But I totally shot myself in the foot because after two years of doing photography, I then decided to do an art foundation. But all the people who'd done art A level were just at such a higher standard than me and more confident and had like evolved in their art and my art had just completely stopped really and so I just kept reverting to photography 
in the way I expressed, you know, what I wanted to convey. So then after that, they were like, well, you should, you know, why don't you do a photography foundation? And so, and so my, my history is always this kind of like, this kind of like pull and push, because I was like, oh, well, I could do that, but I don't really want to, I want to do art. So I took a year out, wandered around, <laughs> 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 not really doing anything very structured. And then I was like, well, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do this photography foundation, which was amazing. I did it in Filton College in Bristol, and it was just so well done and I just thrived and being in Bristol was just amazing experience and I absolutely loved it and they had like an uh, an agreement with Swansea University that people from that foundation could go straight into the second year of a degree with them so I was offered the second year into a degree <laughs> and it was just like this is a great opportunity but I want to do art <laughs> mm. so I took another year out wandered around <laughs> didn't know didn't know how to I just didn't know how to start doing art it just it seemed like it's this completely unattainable dream so again I was like well I'll just go to uni <laughs> and do photography so I did photography photography in the arts it was a really good course I absolutely loved it um, was this at Swansea that you did photography yeah Swansea Institute and at the end of that I actually got pregnant with my now husband so it's all worked out really well (laughs) (laughs) and decided to transfer to the art department I did that but with a baby it was just impossible so I think I lasted like two months and I was like Mm. I can't do this so literally after that I did evening classes as I said like sketched loads because I did the portrait class with this Chinese uh, artist who was traditionally taught and he was one of these people who lived and studied in China before they opened their doors to modern kind oh. of art so he mm. had never seen modern art until he was like in his 20s oh. so that was really fascinating yeah. like like learning from him um, so then I became a portrait artist uh, and I did commissions for f- three four years um in pastels and that was that was cool and I loved it Uh, it was just really nice to have to be able to sell work and for people to recognize my skills Mm. but it's really hard portrait drawing yeah I don't envy you I yeah (laughs) it's definitely one of the hardest ways because it's it's that classic thing of it's so hard to tell oh it's so easy to tell when like a face is wrong whereas if you do yeah yeah and I was doing kids (laughs) so you could imagine, like, the parents just want it to be perfect. Yeah. You've got to capture my perfect little angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if they're, like, not the most photogenic <laughs> kids. <laughs> so, so I, but, you know, I did it. and then, But then when we moved to Canada, it was almost like my, my opportunity to go, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. And, and I want to explore my own artistic voice. So... I decided to finish my degree because I'd only done one year at uni, so I got my HND, but I didn't have my BA. Mm-hmm. I decided to join, go to the university there. I did a painting course, and my lecturer said, don't bother doing a degree. You're already good enough. Just oh, do a wow. mentorship. Yeah, oh. which was awesome. So yeah. I spent three years applying for a mentorship, so one 
first year I applied and got rejected, second year I applied and got rejected, third year I applied and got accepted. Oh. And that that process was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I started out kind of going, oh, I want to be an artist and I want to do this and look at my work, but it didn't have any real structure um, or depth because I'd obviously never studied, so I never kind of learned how to develop my work over a, period, a long period of time mm-hmm. in that way. So the application process kind of finited my ideas and made me kind of really think about what I was doing and how I was doing it. And then the last year of the mentorship was a year-long mentorship with another artist, and funnily enough, I chose a photographer (laughs) 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 who did artistic photography, but I just could, I could just under, you know, we understood each other in a way that I possibly couldn't understand another artist who had studied art. Mm. And I decided to do a solo show, and that was like my mentorship process was doing a solo show with another artist who'd obviously exhibited a lot. And yeah, and I did, I did, that was, I did a solo show in Canada. And then after, that was really, really successful. And it was kind of hard because then like people that I'd kind of got to know, the art scene out there got to know, they started inviting me to like private shows and things. But then we had to move and I moved to Quebec. And I still in the back of my mind wanted to finish my BA. So I decided to finish it with the Open University. And so I studied art history and finished my BA in, in art history with the European oh. University, which was wow. amazing. Oh, cool. It was art his- yeah. So I did that for three years and then I and didn't really do any art. I just did life drawing mm. um, at the university, you know, like drop-in sessions. And then mm. came and did one painting during lockdown and then came here three years ago, four years ago now. And was like, right, let's get back <laughs> on track. Yeah. Uh, and since then, have been working on the series that I've now completed. Oh, and wow. done a solo show. So oh, I'm wow. back to yeah. where I was six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the journey, though, like in between times. And it was a yeah. very nicely told narrative. Like, it really does feel like everything has led you through from one to another. Yeah. And has kind of brought you to, you know, this series where you are today. And I think I can see... Well, I'd be interested to hear your take on this, but like, it feels like I can see a photographer's influence in your work. Mm. Like, there's something quite like, I guess maybe it's to do with like the composition. I was gonna and... say, I think the compositional aspect is what strikes me as being, yeah, like it kind of doesn't surprise me that you have a background in photography. But equally, mm-hmm. I don't think I would ever look at your work and go like, ah, that painter there is also a photographer. I can see it. But like now <laughs> that you've told me that you obviously are so interested in photography, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I can see like a really lovely relationship between the two practices. Yeah. Do you think about that when you're making it? I definitely, I mean, I use photography. Um, mm. So I take photographs and I use the photographs. I project them actually onto the canvas. Oh, um, interesting. And, uh, and I definitely, like my composition is definitely influenced by co- like photographic composition. Because that's one of the, you know, how in photography you're always, well, you're not always, but especially before digital, which is how I trained, was on wet film. It's very much like the moment you're trying to capture everything in that one frame. And yes, you can manipulate it afterwards, but ideally you want to do as little as that's possible. So when I photograph things now, I sort of have that same attitude. It's like, well, I need this photograph or this image that I'm capturing to be the image. Even though, obviously, then I 
I completely transform it through paint mm. <laughs> without that you know that that foundation of the photograph if the photograph isn't any good then I can't create anything mm. of substance afterwards so it kind of like the, that first image is really quite important yeah no that makes sense and I can it's interesting to hear that you project them because that definitely like again now you've said that there's that sense of kind of light I suppose in your work of how everything layers and kind of um, and again, like even with the not keep going back to photography, you're like you seem to have spent your life trying to get away from it. I'm like, but to go back to photography again. Um, but like that idea of capturing everything in the moment or like in one image, I get maybe it's quite a literal reading of it. But the way you've got everything layered in the paintings is quite literally like I'm going to put everything in this one frame. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something about time there that I can't quite articulate. But yeah, like having layers of different moments. Compressed. Yeah. Well, I suppose like layering is often associated with time, isn't it? Like if you think about, I don't know, it made me think of like trees, like tree rings, like as it grows, you get the layers kind of added, like mm. every year you get another ring kind of added, like that layering. Yeah. It does speak to that, yeah, like a depth of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess like even, like, not to get back to photography again, <laughs> but like multiple exposure, is that what it's called? You know, when you have like kind of... Mm -hmm. Is yeah. that the correct terminology? Yeah, like, I'm doing a yeah, lot of hand-waving. This is superimposed, it's two images superimposed. Yeah, okay, yeah. So mm. like that kind of thing, again, sort of feels like it's feeding into it, maybe. Yeah, I have two things to say about okay. what you've just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> got it all wrong. It's really, no, it's really lovely listening to you talk about my work, because obviously I'm just in it all the time. Yeah. And and then when people say, oh, why, why are you doing it? What does it mean? And everything, it's actually really hard to, to kind of tease out what I'm doing, really, because yeah. you're just so subconscious in our decision-making, I think, as artists. But, yeah, the time thing, like, I do definitely think it is about... Well, for me, it's about, like integrating and going to grips with my environment so that kind of feeling of of unfamiliar unfamiliarity turning into more fam familiar because obviously I've moved around a lot and I keep coming going to new places and having to like re-establish myself or re-familiarize myself and I, and I think mm. one of the things I think as humans like it's not really that long ago that we weren't that mobile like colonialism has been of quite a recent history and the world being so vast and us being able to travel so easily is really quite a small amount of time in the grand scheme of like our existence mm -hmm. and I think that comes with issues that we're not really aware of like when we move even when we move from like our home to university like it's a huge upheaval and it's a huge mm -hmm. transition and everyone deals with it and copes with it in different ways, but sometimes people actually don't cope with it and they find it really hard. And it's the same with moving to a new city or moving to a new country, which I've done, and it's really hard work. It's really hardcore. Um, amazing. But you are faced with so many subtle differences of, like, mannerisms, language, culture, behaviour, yeah. that, you know, you have to kind of re... You have to integrate into... And I think that's part of our, like, we talk about well-being so much. And that's part of the thing that we don't really talk about is, like, how we deal with transitions. And even even transitions, you know, child to adult, maiden to mother, you know, 
middle age to old age, old age to death. You know, these big transitions are kind of... We used to have lots of rituals and a lot of cultures have a lot of ritual, but I think the Western world doesn't have a lot of ritual for a lot Mm. of these things. So, yeah. God, that was a massive tangent, wasn't it? (laughs) This is exactly what we want on a podcast. It's just all tangents. It's lovely. (laughs) So that's that's the first thing I wanted to say. (laughs) The second thing is, like, going back to photography, interestingly... When I was doing the portraits, I was working from photographs, but I I would take the photograph and then I would print the photograph off, or I'd have it on my computer because then it's, like, really crisp. And I would work from the photograph and I would spend hours and hours and hours trying to get the eyes in the right place and the nose in the right place. And I'd take the portrait down to my husband and I'd be like, what do you think? And he'd be like, oh, that eye's a bit, like, skewed. And I'd have to like, go back and readjust it. And it would take me ages. And then... When I got to Canada, I uh, I was part of the equivalent of Cultivator here. Oh. Uh, so it was an, an organisation that supported artists and they had a library and I borrowed this book on David Hockney. And it wasn't a book about him, it was a book that he'd written about how the masters use the camera obscura to project images that they could then kind of trace, basically, and that's how suddenly artwork became quite 2D and then suddenly it kind of transformed to really 3D, really detailed, like cloth, really interesting perspective. And he basically proved that all the old masters were using the camera obscura. And when I did that painting course at the university, my the lecturer asked us to photograph ourselves, we had to do a self-portrait, photograph ourselves and then project it onto board and paint it in the Krizai technique, which was a really lovely project to do. But these two things coincided to basically give me permission. So you don't have to struggle, struggle, struggle mm. trying to get a likeness when you can just project the image <laughs> on the canvas <laughs> and trace it. And it felt like it felt like cheating before then. Yeah. Um, and then that those two events kind of gave me permission to go, well, no, actually, it's just a tool. And we use tools all the time. Um, And this is a really valuable tool. And now I can bypass uh, a process which is kind of pointless anyway, because, yes, I can do it, but why take the time and the energy and the effort? And, and yeah, and then then it's almost like then I could go so much deeper into the process of, like, colour and form and shape and patterns, which which is what I really love. Mm. I think also that thing of, like sort of coming to a point where you can accept that actually like using projection like tracing an image is a very legitimate tool to use and very beneficial for a multitude of reasons like one of them being if that process is shortened you are spending less time you can then sell that you can make a living more easily when you're not spending 20 hours of a hundred hour painting literally just trying to get the details right you know, things like that. But I think actually, once you realise that that's something you can do, at least with me, because I, like on the side, I do like pet portrait commissions. And again, with that, I print out the picture and I I trace to get like the eyes, you know, that was like a really classic example, I trace to get the eyes right. And I think it was a good, almost like display of trust in myself. I think because I would trace that, but then that is not the finished thing. The finished thing that I sell to someone has taken me hours and it's taken me 
years of developing a skill that not everyone can do yeah it doesn't take away from the skill at all exactly yeah and I think like as an artist it's very ingrained in you to kind of doubt yourself and be like oh no but oh no but or I could maybe oh but (laughs) and actually I think when you start doing that I think you're sort of trusting yourself and putting faith in yourself you go actually I do have a skill and that is what people are paying me for they're not paying me to make sure I get eyes in the right place. Like I've got a quicker Mm. way of doing that, which means I can then focus on the thing I am uniquely good at. And that's what people are paying me for. I do, at least with me, like it Mm. certainly feels like a a weird, like trust experience with myself. Yeah, no, I totally, it is, it is about that. Yeah. It's trusting your, your abilities are, are valuable and, um, you know, yeah, exactly. Like those little details. Yeah, yeah, and it's like like you said, it's a tool that's being developed. Like if we can project things and, you know, cut the, I don't know, cutting the corner still makes it sound like it's cheating, which it isn't. But yeah, like it's exactly like if if it's there, why not use it and save yourself the stress, and it doesn't impact the end result, or if anything, it impacts it for the better because you've had more time to spend on yeah the more kind of creatively fulfilling parts of it. Yeah. Mm. I um I also had a question about I know you were talking a lot about like transitions which I thought was really interesting and I I don't know if this is cheating because I I happen to know this about you um, <laughs> I know that you also work as a doula yes. and I thought that was really interesting like is there anything mm. because obviously like that's as soon as you were talking about transitions I was like ah I know quite <laughs> a big transition um is is that like linked with your practice at all do does one inform the other or are they two just very separate parts of your life the doodle work is quite recent um it's actually something that i thought about doing like 15 years ago but um didn't i was kind of shot down a little bit by a close friend who basically like i lost my confidence that i would Mm. be good at it so luckily there was you know I, i kind of rekindled that about a year and a half ago and and trained as a doula and yeah I I already like I do feel like it will definitely impact on my work and I've already got um ideas to do because I did do as a a piece of work during the first lockdown it was it was it was four women in in one frame but they were overlapping each other Uh, but it was from my life drawings so it was um, they were nude and everyone always like like I I sold it straight away, uh, and didn't really continue that series because we then moved and all, lots of things got in the way. But people always say that it it's a really lovely example of how women's bodies are all different and that kind of acceptance of everyone's different shapes. And and I feel like the do the work like I I want to continue that that piece of work and 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 work with the body and work with like the transition that we go through as women I love to do about men as well but that's slightly scarier because <laughs> yeah, it's not because it's not really my personal experience yeah. um you know and gender diverse as well I mean there's so much to explore but I definitely feel that with my passion of knowing how to deal with change and knowing how to deal with adverse conditions and having had children quite young yeah supporting women through through their pregnancy and birth and beyond because that's one thing that as a doula you can offer is the help 
after you have your baby, which is a really pivotal time. Obviously, because everything's changed. Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, I feel really honoured to be a part of someone's journey in that way, and mm-hmm. yeah, and love. Well, I feel like I hopefully have enough, you know, experience and insight that I can help them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> By the sounds of it, but like. It's interesting that you said you did that piece with the, you know, um, women's bodies and sold it and then didn't think much more of it. And it's made me realise that there is obviously in the rest of the body of your work with the paintings, there isn't really any like human figure or anything like that in there. And it's interesting coming from portraiture to then completely erase any yeah trace of a figure or a person in there. So is, was that something you did intentionally or has it just kind of happened? Maybe you'd had your subconscious that you had your fill of looking at people and you're like I'm going to look at buildings and you know other things for a little while I think I think it was um it was landing in Saskatchewan in Canada which is such a crazy province it's like it's the prairie so it's the it's the bread bowl of Canada which is the central part which is very very flat um and it's all farmland um all ranches uh, but we weren't really near the ranches we were more in the farmland and and you have so you have this very unassuming landscape and then suddenly you have these enormous enormous structures so the 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 grain elevator with the grain silos which is one of the first painting i did out there is just so majestic and humongous and that's something that you don't really i didn't really comprehend until i moved to north america how big everything is out there (laughs) Just everything's yeah. big. The coffees are bigger. <laughs> the, the the robins, the little, you know, the robin, the birds are bigger. It's just like so everything's funny. bigger. It's just really weird. And yeah, these these structures and they were so grand, and they just really struck me. And I just loved what it what really struck me about Saskatchewan was how it's a really really young province. It's only a hundred years old. Mm. 120 now I suppose 110 now and you have these kind of like what we would class as quite young buildings but in but they're still like old to the people there and they're they're starting to get run down um but they don't have the conservation in place like we do in in our in our country and so a lot of this are just literally falling to ruin and so that and so there's this real kind of disparity between old and new and trying to hold on to the old but not really knowing how to and so the grain elevator is like the old um sh- like wooden buildings and then the new grain silos are like these metal ones mm-hmm. and when i painted it these local guys saw it and they were like oh you should have just got rid of the metal silos <laughs> and i was just like god that's so interesting you know how People want to hang on to the old, mm. but they also can't do without the new. And so that kind of like, yeah, that kind of feeling of holding on to something, um, but also embracing the future. And, you know, like I lived in Totnes, and I know it's, I don't want to be rude to people in Totnes, but I did, come across, <laughs> I did come across quite a lot of people who were kind of like, oh, if only we could go back to like horse and cart. And it's like, that that to me just it was like okay that's very romantic and idealistic and beautiful because yes nature would really thrive but mm. that life wasn't as simple or as um mm. ideal as we really 
you know, as we make out and we've got so much innovation and technology and just so much cool stuff that we can tap into, you know. So I, I have this kind of like, again, I suppose it's like transitions, isn't it? It's like old and new kind of like moving through and having to like get used to new ideas. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, it is fascinating, and I can like I love doing this because like the more you talk, the more I can see that in your paintings. It's like the fascinating nice. process of like unpicking it, and I guess like a sense of place is also prevalent in your work because like you were talking about Canada, you made specific paintings about those specific Canadian buildings, and then the Cornish work, you've got like the old tin mine engines, houses, and stuff like that. So yeah, would you say that that's something again that you were sort of has come through quite intentionally, the the sense of each body of work being specific to where you were at the time? Or does it kind of all cross between, like, have you separate, like at the show, have you got them separate? Or is it all one sort of... Well, all, all my all my Canadian work has been sold, so that's all right. gone. So it is just the Cornish. The Cornish so it pieces. is just the Cornish yeah. series. And it was very much, in fact, the fishing boats was very much me arriving in Cornwall unexpectedly because of covid we weren't actually supposed to move back um so it was all a little bit discombobulating and i hadn't drawn or paint or even thought about painting for ages and then we went down to port flevin it was a beautiful day like for the first time since i'd been back i just felt that everything was going to be okay and and i could start like looking forward again and then i saw the fishing boats and they were just so beautiful (laughs) And the colours were so stunning and I was feeling really good. So I was like, okay, I'm going to photograph them and I'm going to do a painting. So that was kind of me landing in Cornwall. It's a bit like, you know, when it, when you move your pet and you move your cat to a new place and then you put butter on their paws and they start licking their paws and they feel at home. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but I love that. <laughs> it's a thing. And that was me licking my paws and going, okay, I can do Aww. this. <laughs> Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Yeah, you really do. Again, my cat moved with us everywhere we went, so yeah. Yeah, so she yeah, well travelled approach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tricks. Oh, yeah. That's interesting, yeah, because I guess there's so many kind of there's a lot of things in Cornwall that are very distinctly Cornish. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see like because I guess you you've lived in Canada and um or like the work of yours that I've seen is from Canada and Cornwall. Obviously, you spent a little bit of time elsewhere, like Totnes and Quebec. And did you do much painting there, or not, was that not really? And Totnes was where I learned how to do portraits. And okay. Quebec, I was doing my BA and working, so I was working in the mornings, studying in the afternoons, five days a week. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, <laughs> no time, no time for painting, <laughs> no time for painting. I mean, I sketched and stuff, but. Yeah, nothing substantial. Because a body of work is a, is a substantial undertaking. You have to really be really focused for it to make sense as a whole. Yes, yeah. So I guess I'd be curious to see, like, if and when you move elsewhere, if, like, another... Or, like, not even move, but just kind of make a body of work that's drawn from a different place, if it would have the same, like, distinct quality of, like, that place, or if it might... Because I don't know, maybe I'm being mean to different places, but I'm thinking about where I grew up, like in the sort of near Oxford, like in the Midlands. I don't think if I made work about that place that it would be that distinct. Because I think I find the same, like my work's not that similar to yours. Like I do sort of ceramics and things like that. But even like in my work as well, like I can't help, but it 
it sort of becomes Cornish just because of the nature of being here and I mm. guess like using the materials from around me and I, yeah the same with your work I, would you say your work's Cornish? No. Okay, well, <laughs> the, my theory falls apart there, but <laughs> it is it is interesting. It depends because it's like I obviously I have other like I want to continue the 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 figure work and I'm actually mm. want to start a new series of of just like kind of kind of the found objects in nature, mm. but less about Cornwall. But I think, okay. I think yeah. you know, the fact that, yes, I moved to Saskatchewan, it was all very new, and I moved to Cornwall, even though I'd lived here before I lived on the Lizard, and my younger son was mm. born there. I'd never, like, coming back, it was a kind of, it was a transition that I wasn't expecting, so I had to kind of, like, get used to it. So I think it's that process of, like, having to get used to a place that's unfamiliar, getting to know it. They're quite distinct experiences that maybe if they hadn't happened in that way... I wouldn't have been so observant of my surroundings and so affected mm-hmm. by them um, and wanting to paint them. So, yeah, yeah. I've always, I, I have considered, like, you know, like my father lives in France and I could spend time there and create um, a body of work. But I think you're right. I think Cornwall definitely has a really interesting history and culture that is quite unique. So in a way, it's and the same Saskatchewan. So in a way, it was kind of easy <laughs> to kind of pick that up and yeah. and talk about it. And yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very interesting what you said about the found objects and like, I guess yeah, because you're going to be presumably here, here for a little bit. So your next body of work will also be made here, but because you haven't just landed, as you said, like you, it it won't be quite that have that same immediacy of like you observing your surroundings. So I'm very excited to see what the found yeah. object i don't know if you want to talk much about it. i don't think we want to give much away at this point I'd, I'd love to hear about it if you'd like to talk about it but there's no pressure if it's still well, like too early days i suppose it is quite early days because i'm kind of like hmm, i'm still i'm still Put a you on the bit spot like, bit there. why am i doing it are my reasons sincere because I, I i've decided yeah. to go back to the kazai techniques i did that self-portrait in the kazai technique and yeah, I've got to be careful that it's not like my ego coming into play because it's 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 a technique which shows off like my painting skills and like my series that I've just done, not that it hasn't got amazing quality, you know, it hasn't got quality and all the rest of it, but it isn't traditional painting. So I yeah. I kind of experimented with this new style and I'm going to see how it goes, <laughs> basically. Um, That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, we'll see and and see where. I mean, the thing is, is that it also depends on as an artist on demand as well, right? So um, it all depends. There's so many factors that will yet to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, regardless of you know the reception from other people I really hope that you get that chance to like explore what it is you want to explore make some work that is new and exciting Mm -hmm. and if it goes well and if you're happy to share it like I for one am very much going to be looking at your Instagram and waiting (laughs) to see things (laughs) but um yeah yeah like obviously (laughs) we're aware that you've literally just just done a massive solo show so yeah, you know, it was like take some time off <laughs> you know reward yourself <laughs> thank you thank you yeah i've actually got a piece of work going into the spirit of cornwall um open oh. exhibition do you, do you hear about that yes one? i i have as well i was a bit Excellent. confused by it but yeah yeah i'm 
Yes, yeah. me too. <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's going to be really interesting who, because I keep literally coming across people going, oh, yeah, I've got work there. And it's just like the, the type of work is really eclectic. So it's going to be yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a good note to end on. We've, yeah. we've, we've had a lovely trajectory from kind of like your early like beginnings in photography and we've moved through and now it's like <laughs> looking for the future. Like it's a, be- a wonderful episode, honestly. <laughs> Almost like we planned it, except oh, we didn't. We actually didn't. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really, yeah. Oh no, it's, that's it's, okay. Thank you for coming on. It's yeah. quite self-indulgent to talk about your own work, so it's very nice. <laughs> we do it kind of almost weekly, so yeah, it's nice to be able to talk about someone else once. And it's, yeah, honestly, it's been such a pl- uh, pleasure to like get to know you, like hear more about your work, and I'm very excited to see what you make next. Yeah, cool. me too. It's It's been so lovely, like, following your journey and that. Obviously, I know that we met on Cultivator, which feels like so long ago now, but mm. it's just... It's so nice, like, all the people I met on Twitter, I'm sure you're the same, but, like, I still keep tabs, I still, like, look at everyone's work, I'm yeah. still, like, so excited for everyone, so it's just lovely to see that we're all collectively still creating and moving forward, but um, thank you so much for coming on, Gabrielle, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, we'll sign off here then. Um, goodbye to the listener. <laughs> That's such a weird way to... I know, I'm not very good at ending the podcast. Um, Would you like me to step in? Yes, please, Izzy. Thank you for Gabrielle and thank you so much for listening if you've gotten this far. Obviously do check out Gabrielle's work at Gabrielle Teeny, which is obviously on Instagram um, and have a look at her website as well. But um, thank you so much for listening and you'll hear from us again in a couple of weeks time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>